Hey everybody, it's John here. Welcome to the Soldiers of Christ podcast and Merry Christmas. Today is our Christmas episode and I'm very excited about this episode, not only because we're going to be talking about Christmas, but because I've been gone away for so long. I'll explain that really quick, but today we're going to be talking about obviously uh, the birth of Jesus and what that really means, what that entails into our lives, and then we're also going to talk about Santa Claus. Like, okay, let's talk about this conversation about should I allow my kid to believe in Santa Claus? So if you have kids listening... Um, don't let them listen to this podcast because that's what we're going to be talking about today. So anyways, let's get into it. I have been away for a long time, uh, a, a long, long time, way too long, way too long. Um, I've been gone and I apologize about that. I feel like now all the podcasts I record, I'm always explaining myself and why I've been gone for so long. Uh, but uh, to really just recap of what's been going on is just uh, chaos. Uh, it's It's been mayhem in the last uh, two months since uh, the last time I really got a podcast out. Um, and the last one I got out was talk about, uh, it was the change one, talk about to adapting, accepting change. And I believe that was sometime in October. So it's been a while. Um, you know, really the main the main reasons have been because of school and work. It's just been chaos. Uh, not only that, I had a herniated disc uh, if you don't know what a herniated disc is, it's basically when your discs in your spine slips out and uh, press against your nerves and basically makes you feel numb all over your body with extreme pain. And so I was out for quite a few weeks with that. Um, and that had me pushed back with my work stuff and my school stuff. So everything kind of got pushed back. And it was just chaos going all around. Um, and I, I tried to catch up and get all my stuff done. And I got it done, y'all. And, I, and I'm and i I'm officially graduated. I graduated with my two-year degree in philosophy. And I'm very happy about that. I'm very proud of myself. And I'm just, I'm just blessed with the support and love I've gotten from my family, my friends, and, and more importantly, uh, the love and support I get from God each and every day, and that's that's the that's the main support that 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 matters the most in my life. So, I apologize for being away for so long. Hopefully, this coming new year, we are I well I am going to be a lot more active with podcasting um, and all that. I just want to get a couple of shout outs to some of the uh, some of you uh, great people out there. Uh, oh, you guys are all great. But um, I was looking at my dashboard today on. Um, my platform that I use uh, my podcasting on, and uh, I just want to give a shout out to some of these countries that I saw um, that popped up in the last couple of days. Um, I think the newest one that I got. Let me let me go back here and check it out. I believe it's the Netherlands. Uh, I don't believe the Netherlands was on here in the past. Uh, so shout out to everybody in the, in the Netherlands who are listening. I appreciate you guys. Your support and your love. Awesome. And let's give a shout out to all the countries. Uh, uh, the United States, Ghana, uh, Germany, Canada, Netherlands, Spain, and Bolivia. Bolivia. You guys are all awesome. Thank you for your support and love and listen. Um, and continue to share my podcast out into the world to anybody you think would love to listen to some motivation, some spiritual stuff, and some philosophical, all, all the above. Um, so let's talk about today. Today, you know, it, it is Christmas, guys. So Merry Christmas again. Can't say that enough. Uh, no, not Happy Holidays. Merry Christmas. Okay, I'm going to say that plain and out loud on this podcast. Nope, not ho- Happy Holidays. Merry Christmas. I actually say both to people uh, that I don't know. But I always say Merry Christmas. Always to everybody. Um, so, 
we, what are we celebrating, right? Like, what, what is Christmas again, right? It's the birth and it's the acknowledgement and celebration of our of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's birth, right? And so, what does this entail, right? And it's something we need to kind of dive deeper in, in a spiritual sense, in a in 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 our relationship with God. Well, you know, we think about Christmas, right? I mean, we know it's a celebration of our Lord and Savior, right? But it's actually bigger than that. And what I mean by it's bigger than that is that God wants us to remember that on this day, but really every day, honestly, every day we should be reminded of this, that he kept his promise that a Messiah would come, and he delivered on that promise, and that Jesus says in the, go- in the Gospels that he will return. He will return. I'm coming back, right? And this is very important for us to understand because the word, uh, we just ended the season of Advent, which Advent uh, in Latin I don't, I don't actually know how to pronounce the word Advent in, in Latin, but that word comes from a Latin word, and that Latin word means uh, to prepare. It uh, means to prepare um, to what's to come. And, and so why is it so significant into before the season of Christmas? Well, it, because it's significant because we are not preparing to celebrate. Really, we're actually preparing ourselves for what's to come in the sense of that Jesus is going to come back again, right? Right. Yes, we are preparing ourselves to celebrate, right? Where we want to rejoice and be grateful for the greatest gift we've ever received in our life, and that's Jesus himself because he do, he gives us salvation freely. It's a free gift for us, and it's up to us to accept it or not, but it's always freely there for us. Our, the salvation of Jesus Christ is there for us. He, he came and died for all, right? In the Gospel of John, uh, Chapter 3, verse 17, Jesus says, I did not come to condemn the world, but to save it, right? Um, and he came to save everybody. Does that mean everybody gets saved? No, absolutely not. And unfortunately, that's just a reality we have to live and accept. And that sometimes can be hard to accept because we are so passionate. We have a big passion and love for Christ, right? And our passion and our love for Christ can kind of manipulate us to thinking that, well, if I have this big passion, everyone else is going to have this big passion. The reality is that that's not true. But just because that's a reality does not mean it should stop us from going out into the world and sharing that passion with others, okay? So please don't misinterpretate when I say, you know, the reality is that not everyone's going to be saved because, you know, we don't know who's going to be saved and who's not, right? We, we, we can be confident that, you know, of some people in our lives, and we can be confident within ourselves because the only people who know about our relationship with God is really us and God, right? I mean, yeah, you could tell your friends, you could tell your family, you could tell your significant other, your, your husband or your wife, um, but the reality, nobody knows your relationship uh, with God as well as you do than, other than you and, and, and God. And so, Really, only you really know where you're headed, right? I mean, and you can never say you can. Oh, sorry, you can never say you're actually you're you're absolutely one hundred percent going to heaven because you just you don't know what's to come, right? I mean, that's that's kind of like you know, I don't want to say like this the 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 scary reality, but let's let's kind of go back to what the Bible says, right? And 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 I'm sorry, I don't have my Bible out in front of me, and um, and what I, and I, I should I should, but in one of um. Apostle Paul letters, he talks about how the second coming is like a thief in the night, right? It's going to come when we least expect it, right? We don't, we know that the reality is that there, and I like this analogy because the analogy puts it into great perspective of what the second coming is going to be. Um, And like I said, he uses the analogy of a thief, right? So we know in this world, there's people in this world who are 
not very good people and they choose to make some bad decisions, uh, even if that means to harm other people by like robbing them, right? Um, even though we know those people exist, we don't know when it's, when they're going to come at us, right? When they're going to come and rob us, right? Um, and I think everyone could say that at some point in their lives, they, they've, they've been robbed in some way, in some form. May not necessarily bro- broken into their house, but somebody stole something from you, whether it was like when you're in school, somebody went through your locker and took something. Uh, you didn't expect that, right? Um, you knew that could have happened maybe, but you didn't actually expect it would happen to you, right? Well, and, that, and this is the analogy that, Paul uses in his letters about the second coming, like it's going to happen when you least expect it and you're going to be kind of like thrown off about it, by it. And what I love when Christian says, yeah, I'm ready for the second coming. It's just like, no, you're not. And I'm, I'm kind of laughing about it. And I don't mean to laugh because it's not, it's not the nicest thing to do. But when I mean that, no, you're not, is that it, it's, we, we tend to think, and this is our ignorance coming into play or naive, or arrogance, whatever you want to say. Uh, it could, all, all three of those things could play into this. But we say we're ready, but I don't think we really understand what entails when the second coming comes. I mean, yes, we got we got a glimpse of what it, it it's going to be through the Bible, but it's going to be much more than we anticipate. Much more. And it's kind of like we don't know what heaven's going to be like. We know it's going to be great and it's going to be free from suffering and sorrowness, but we can never concept what it's really going to truly feel like, right? And that's kind of the same thing with the second coming. We're not, we can't fully concept what it's actually going to be like in that moment because remember, Jesus is going to give his final judgment to us. And that's another thing we have to remind ourselves that we will be judged by Jesus. Um, and people will say, well, well, you know, like Jesus says he won't judge me in the Bible. Oh, he said he wouldn't judge you. He, he, what he said is that he wouldn't judge you in the life that you're living right now. But when you die and your spirit goes on, that's when he's going to judge you because that's what's going to ultimately make, uh, he's going to make the decision whether you lived the life for him or if you didn't. And if you did, you will receive eternal salvation and and, and be in heaven with him forever um, or you'll, you'll be condemned to hell. And it's not that Jesus wants you to be condemned to hell. It's that you chose to be condemned to hell. Right and right, right, because Jesus says, "I did not come here to condemn." So, really, Jesus doesn't condemn you. You condemn yourself by choosing the actions of the way you lived your life, right? And so, this is something we need to think about during this time of celebration or Christmas: is that if the second coming were to happen today, are you ready for it? Right, and that's something we have to ask ourselves every day as Christians: Are we ready for that second coming? Are we ready to face Jesus Christ? Right, and I can probably tell you confidently right now. I can tell you that I'm not ready. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you on this podcast. I've told you guys this since day one, since I started this podcast. I will always be honest with you. I'll be honest with you right now. I am not ready to face Jesus right now in the final judgment. You know, I'm. I'm you know, I, that doesn't mean I'm not don't want a relationship with or anything. But like when the final judgment comes, guys, I don't think you guys really understand sometimes what that means. And I'm not saying that. May you do, and I, 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 when I say when uh, you don't understand, I'm not saying you actually don't. I'm just kind of thinking that you know, there's people out there who who don't understand. But if you do understand what it takes, good for you. Please, please preach that to others. Like really tell them like what it's gonna be like. I mean, or not really what's gonna be like. We don't really know what's gonna be like, but what it's gonna entail in the sense of that Jesus will judge you, right? And that's not to scare you. That's not to put you to live a life of fear, but it is to acknowledge that He is the Almighty, right? He's the king of heaven, right? And you don't just get in because, you know, he loves you. you. You get in by devoting and sacrificing your life to him. And that takes a lot. That takes a lot. 
It just tells us that. He tells us it takes a lot to do that. Um, so, yeah, this is what the meaning of Christmas means. You know, this is what it's about. It's about uh, acknowledging the coming of of Christ, right? And remember, if you go to the Old Testament, right, the, the, the whole Old Testament, the, the, the whole story of the Old Testament is to prepare for us to prepare for us to read about the Messiah, right? I mean, you look, you read about all the stories and everything. Jesus re, uh, references a lot of stories from the Old Testament. That's not a coincidence. It all led up to him coming, right? And uh, the Israelites were told about Messiah coming and all this. And so, you know, for many, many centuries, you know, people were told about Messiah and everything. And this Messiah um, eventually came, right? And if you read the Gospel of Luke, and I, and I believe it's in, oh man, I want to say chapter 2, but it's Maybe one chapter one of the Gospel of Luke is very long. It's like it's like seventy verses. Maybe no, maybe sixty four. It's between sixty four to seventy verses. It's a lot of verses uh, in the Gospel of Luke chapter one. But it's it's about the story. There's a couple of stories there in there that are very very powerful. And one of the stories I really loved when Jesus was born, and a man named Peter, not Peter Simon, but a different man named Peter. Um, who was a Jew was very devoted to his faith, right? And he was very close with God. And he and he, uh, he was told about uh, a Messiah, right? That 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 Messiah was going to come. God promised him a Messiah. Now, this man named Peter did not live. Um, actually, it wasn't Peter. It was Simon. His name was Simon, but not Simon Peter. Sorry, I got that. I got that mixed up. But read it. It's in the Gospel of Luke. It's either chapter one or two. Um, anyways, this man named Simon. Again, going back, he, he he was promised that Messiah would come, right? And so when Jesus was eventually born, Simon heard about his birth, right? And um, Simon wanted to go see this baby that everyone was talking about, right? And um, he was so excited to go see the baby, right? He was so excited. Well, he wasn't excited. He was, well, he was excited because he wanted to know if this was the actual Messiah. And once he hold Jesus, in that moment, he realized this was the Son of Man. The, the the Messiah that God promised him all his life that saying that the Messiah was uh, Messiah was gonna uh, was gonna come and what was very profound about this story and I'm trying to think if I'm remembering this right I should have read this before I even talked about this but um, it's been quite quite a while since I read the story but what was very profound in his story is when the man looked at Jesus Simon looked at Jesus. He he he, he kind of acknowledges that he just lived his purpose of his life, and his purpose was to know that the Messiah was here to save all. And once he was able to do that, he was able to rest, like you know, go on, like die. That's <laughs> that's what he was able to go on because that's what he was living for is for that moment to know that God fulfilled His promise to Simon, saying that you're 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 gonna you're gonna you're gonna meet the Messiah, and and he did. He got to hold the Messiah when he was a baby, and so this is a very powerful story because th- th- this was just a baby right this was just a baby right and we all know the the miracle of a baby is right but when the baby is a son of god this baby's gonna save all of man and i mean by saved all of man he's gonna offer salvation to all of man um i i just can't imagine what that moment was like for simon I mean, I, I just cannot imagine. And so that's a very, very powerful story. Like I said, go read it. Again, it's in the Gospel of Luke, and it's either chapter 1 or 2. And I may have little—I hope I got the whole story right. Um, but that's what I recall from that story. Uh, but go read it. It's a very powerful story. Uh, it's one of my favorite stories in the Bible, just the meaning and the power 
uh, to that story. So this is so going back to it. This is what Christmas is about, right? And so how do we continue to live in the celebration of joy, right? And you know, we we can accept that joy is this like this ultimate feeling. Like I gotta feel always good about life and that everything's gonna work out. Oh, it's all about woo, yay, celebration. But that's not what joy is. Joy is the fact of understanding that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior and that no matter how hard life gets, he's there for us. He's there for us fighting with us through the trenches of life, right? Life is is a battle. You know, we got demons coming at us, Satan coming at us. You know, and speaking of which, I've heard one of the most profound quotes I've ever heard in my life was that someone once told me that Satan and demons believe in God more than we ever could. I want you to hear that again. Satan and demons believe in God more than we ever could. And I kind of like thought about it. So, whoa, 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 what do you mean by that? And then I understood what they were saying through that quote. They were saying that Satan believes in God. Satan acknowledges who God is. And this guy is the most evil angel of all, okay? Plus his little demon freaks, uh, they all believe as well because they know who God is. They know how how powerful that he's the almighty and everything. That's why they're fighting him. They're trying to fight him and take him down, which I don't understand that. I mean, that's just probably above my logic, my, or not my logic, but my understanding. And uh, just, yeah, just above my understanding. I mean, if, if Satan knows who God is and knows how powerful he is and everything, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just dumb for him to even fight him. But, you know, Satan's going to do what Satan does because he, 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 he's a moron. <laughs> he is, and Satan's a moron. I mean, there's no, other, there's no other words to say about Satan than he's a moron. And he's trying to tempt us away from God. He's trying to, and, and when you really feel that temptation in your life really going at you, it's be, and the reason you're being, I don't want to say the word attacked, but I guess in a sense, you kind of are being attacked in a way because you're being really tempted by something. Maybe you, you, you probably can testify to this. So you, have you ever really been tempted in your life? You know it's wrong to do, but it's really hard to resist because all your desires and flesh is desiring to, to fall into it. And it's a really hard battle. Well, when you feel that way, that's because Satan's threatened by you. Why is he threatened by you? Because you believe in God. You're giving your life to God. You're trying to walk that path. Uh, to eternal life and salvation. And the more you cling, uh, cling to God, the more you give your life to God, the more you devote yourself to God, the less powerful Satan can become. Because what happens is when we give our life to God, God, God reveals strength in us. See, I never say God provides strength through us. You know why I don't say God provides strength to us? Because he's already, he's already given us strength since the day uh, he created us. You know, we already have the strength within us. The question, now we need to just pray for um, him to reveal that strength through, uh, that strength in us. And the ways he reveals that strength in us is putting us through difficult times, like maybe being very tempted by the devil, like the devil's really tempting you, or his little freaky demons are, like those little, those little nuggets. Um, or it may be going through a really hard time in your life. Maybe somebody did something really bad to you, you know? Or maybe somebody... Uh, um, or not maybe not somebody, but you went through a situation in your life where it was really hard to go through, and it was a really tough battle. 
those are moments when we are revealed our strength. See, people say that God didn't provide me strength. Well, did you pray for him? Did you pray for strength to God? Yes. Okay. And you're going through this hard time. Yes. Okay. Could it not be that God's putting you through this hard time to reveal the strength that's within you? Because God created you, right? God created you out of his image and out of his likeness, right? And if he did that, he's already provided you with the strength within you. You just haven't discovered it yet. And the ways that God helps us discover our strength is putting us through those really tough times, really testing us in those moments. It's like when I played football when I was a kid, I didn't know if I could tackle. I didn't know I could I could really face these big guys and everything, but I had a coach who pushed me, who pushed me every day in practice, and he didn't stop pushing me. You know why he didn't stop pushing me? Because the harder he pushed on me and the harder it was to go through those practices, the more I was revealed to the, the more I was revealed that I was able to tackle. In other words, I found my confidence and able to face in those big players. And the only way I was able to find that confidence to facing those big players is by being pushed in practice, going through those hard and awful practices. I mean, if you played sports, you know what practices are like. Practice, practice is awful, especially football. Um, but practices are hard at times because coaches push us to help us reveal the best in us. See, coaches already believe the best is already the best is in us. They're there to help us find that, right? And that's the same thing with God. God already knows that strength is in you. Now He's got to put you in a situation to help you to help reveal that strength to you, right? And that's how we really find strength in the Lord. That God has provided strength. The day he created you and said, you are my child, that is the day he already provided strength within you. Okay? Strength is not in the way that magic dust comes on you and you're automatically strong. That's not how that works. Okay? That's not, that's not, that's, that, God's not a genie. Okay? He doesn't come out of a bottle and make wishes happen. Okay? That's not how that works. All right? And so we are, you know, obviously tempted in, in, in our faith and our journey and and the devil is like you know like doesn't want us to fall into that relationship with God because the more we give our life to God the more we live our life for God the stronger we become within him and that in that sense the, the devil has no power over us and when he has no power over us he's weak as can be and that scares him the devil is a scary cat okay he may act tough, he may act mean, and he is mean, absolutely. But if you give your life to God, he 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 ain't be able, he he's not gonna be able to get his hands on you. The only way that the devil gets his hands on you is if you allow him to have his hands on you. All right, that then that's something to acknowledge. So this whole season of Christmas, you know, we are we're gonna be celebrating. We're getting getting really pumped, you know, like like we're just celebrating. Our Lord, the salvation that's in Jesus Christ, right? And this is a beautiful time of the year. But let us not forget what Christmas is also truly about. Not just celebrating Jesus' birthday, because that is that is that is a big reason. But it's also for it's also the season that Jesus reminds us that he's gonna come back again. He came back once, he's gonna come back again. We do not know when that's going to be. All right? We don't know when that's gonna be. It's gonna be it's gonna be at some time. 
It's going to be coming soon. But when does soon mean? What does, you know, and that's another thing. Like, people will say soon, okay? Well, let's, <laughs> I love this with Christians because there are a lot of, there's some ignorant Christians out there who will say soon means like tomorrow. No, remember, God's outside of time, okay? God's not in our time frame. Like, he does not, con- he does not associate with our time, okay? So when God means soon, it does not mean the same thing as we think of soon, Okay? We need to be very mindful about that. That's very important to understand as, as Christians. Remember, God is outside of time. And God is the, the the present, the future, and the past. So we need to be very mindful about that. So when, when God says soon, it's not mean tomorrow. He said soon to the, 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 the apostles, okay? He said soon to the apostles, and that was over 2,000 years ago. So obviously soon is very different in God's mind than ours. All right, so let's let's be very mindful about that. All right, to end today's episode, I want to talk about Santa, okay? Because Santa is a big, big controversy in Christianity today, okay? And it's a big, um, it's a big controversy because people um, ask the question: Should I allow? Actually, before I say this, um, if you got a, if you got a, a child listening. Um, this is the part you don't want them to be listening to. Okay, just 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 want to put a disclaimer out there. Just give you guys a heads up because we're gonna talk about this topic. And please stay to listen to this part of the episode because I think this is important to understand as Christians. Um, and kind of do uh kind of ha- rationalize this conception of Santa. Okay, okay. So the big controversy in Christianity today is should I allow my kid to believe in Santa Claus? Right, and. I'm gonna I'm gonna go really based off of my experience, um, and what I know from what the Bible says, um, from from my own opinion. Um, you know, again, this this is not me saying that what, whatever you do uh, is wrong or anything. No, it's it's up to you. It's your family. I I truly I don't care if you allow your kid to believe in Santa Claus or. Or not. I mean, it's you. You're the parent. You have every right to do the things that uh, you choose for your for your children, and you and I respect that. So I want I want to say that very. I want to say that first. But what I do not like is when there's Christians out there bashing other Christians for allowing their kids to believe in Santa Claus, or there's Christians out there bashing other Christians for not allowing their or. Sorry, what did I say? Let, let me say that again because I just forgot what I said there. I don't like when Christians bash other Christians for allowing their kids to believe in Santa Claus, and then I also don't like other Christians out there not bashing on other Christians for not allowing them to believe in Santa, uh, their kids to believe in Santa Claus. Okay, first of all, respect other parents' choices. Okay, that's the first big uh, thing we need to do here before we get too deeper with this topic. Okay, so the controversial of should I allow my kid to believe in Santa Claus or not as a Christian? I grew up in a household believing in Santa. Okay. Now some Christians will say I don't let uh, my child believe in Santa Claus because um, that would be lying, and uh, then he won't believe in Jesus or she won't believe in Jesus. Okay. First of all, that's not going to determine whether they believe in God or not. Okay. I hate that argument. It's it, it's it's infallible. It, it's not logical. Okay. It's if they don't believe in God, it's not because uh, they found out later that Santa's 
the the Santa in the sense of you know the flying reindeer, the sleigh, the North Pole. That Santa, uh, that's not gonna be the reason why they don't believe in God. They're not gonna believe in God because something else happened in their life, or they chose just not to believe because of their own decisions. Okay, it's not gonna be because you told them there was a Santa and then they figured out there wasn't later in life. Okay, that's I, I hate when people say that because that's not true. And if your child has, if you know somebody. Or you maybe even experience that it's just a lie. You're that the, the child just trying to make an excuse to not go to church, not give their life to God for some other reason. I can promise you that. Um, but anyways, I grew up believing in Santa Claus when I was a kid. My parents, uh, you know, obviously, um, I, you know, I'm a Catholic, so grew up Catholic, and we we would always go. We Christmas was big in our house, uh, particularly really because of me, because I was a really big Christmas freak. I still am today. Um, but my parents, I think, also just love the festivities of just having kids and doing all the fun, festive stuff. And so I always remember we lived in this little town in Michigan, and we would always go to the uh, this town square uh, uh, every Christmas and watch the tree, uh, the town tree lighting, and and Santa was there and all this kind of great stuff. And so it, it developed a lot of great memories, right? And um, you know, uh, my parents went to the the extreme of Santa too, in the sense of like they would literally like trace out the footsteps in the living room. Like I don't know how they did it. I, I don't know if they took a boot or something, but there'd be like footsteps from like his boots around the living room where he left the presents and all this. And it was it, it kudos to my parents for all for how they they they, they dove so deep in to uh, make it look really real. Um, and so anyways, like I said, I grew up believing in Santa. Um, you know, I think I was about maybe 10 or 11 when I found, when I really stopped believing and kind of figured it out for myself. Um, but here's my, here's my problem with people. Like like I said, I don't mind if you don't want your kid to believe in Santa. That's between you and your family. My problem is when you get, when you bash other people, particularly Christians for allowing their kids to believe in Santa. First of all, Santa's... Santa in the sense of the magical reindeer and the sleigh, all that, it, it, it's a fantasy in a kid's mind, right? It's a, it's a fantasy. It's not real, right? And we know as, a, as an adult, it's not real, right? All right? We know as an adult, Santa in the sense of the magical sense, he's not real, right? However, as adults, we ta- attach ourselves to fantasy things like superheroes right like yeah we we know that superheroes don't exist but we still get attached to reading comic books we dress up as superhero i mean kids aren't dressing up like santa claus but yeah adults can dress up like superheroes you know and all this kind of stuff and that's all fantasy right and yes even though you you know that they're not real yet you 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 devote yourself to it in a sense, in the sense like you spend your time in something that is fantasy. It's the same thing as a kid devoting his imagination into believing in Santa, okay? It's a fantasy, right? And kids obviously have a lot of fantasies. I mean, your imagination is a fantasy. I mean, then you can make your imagination come to be reality in some sense, right? Like when you create something or, you, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, cartoons. I mean, those are all fantasies from somebody's imagination, right? They came up with it in their heads. They came up with their imagination, and they created it, right? Um, but, you know, it's still a fantasy, like when, you know, kids watch cartoons on TV, right? When I was a kid, I believed that SpongeBob really exists, and he did live in a pineapple under the sea, right? And obviously, I don't anymore because I'm not a kid. I'm an adult, and I'm, 
I'm a rationalized, logical human being, and obviously that makes no, no sense. But when I was a kid, it didn't matter because I was a kid. There's a lot of fancy things I believed that weren't real, right? And, and it did not harm me in any way. It did not harm me in any way. It didn't affect my relationship with God. It didn't affect my belief in God, okay? It didn't do any of that, okay? That's not, you know, and the fact that there's people who think that, I think it, it it's just not right, okay? I do think, though, if you allow your kid to believe in Santa, you need to tell him the the origins of where Santa comes from, right? Obviously, the real St. Nicholas, right? Teaching them about that person how he and how all the origins originate, okay? Um, and so Santa is a big controversy in Christianity today if we should allow our kids to believe in Santa. I say go for it. I, I really don't believe God's going to condemn your child for believing in something that's not real. When they're a kid. When they're a kid. Now, if they're an adult, that's a little bit different, right? But they're a kid. Kids have an imagination. They have fantasies, okay? They come up with things, okay? And and that is normal. God gave them an imagination. God gave them an imagination, okay? Don't, don't feel guilty that you're allowing your kid to believe in something that's, that's not real, okay? You know, I mean... When we were kids, we there there's some something we believed that wasn't real. Like obviously, like for me, it was Santa. For me, it was SpongeBob. You know, um, um, but they're all fantasies, right? But if we tell people that it's not okay to um, believe in Santa, but then we we attach ourselves to fantasy things, even though we know it's not real, but we still attach to it. You know, it's just like ah, that's hypo- that that's hypocritical. It is. And you'll say, well, I don't believe in it, but you're still attaching to your something, that, something that's still fantasy. It's still not real, but you still attach yourself to it, right? Again, a great argument to that would be, a great argument for that would be like superheroes, right? Like, I love Marvel, right? I love Marvel. I love Captain America. It's my favorite Avenger, and he's the best Avenger, okay? No argument to there. I don't care what you guys say. He's the best Avenger. But the point of my argument right there is that saying that, even though I love Captain America, I know Captain America in real life doesn't exist. Like, there's not an actual guy. There's not an actual guy out there who's Captain America, right? Chris Evans is not actual Captain America, right? And in reality, right? It's all fantasy, right? It's all fiction, right? Just like Santa is. So if we can go into stuff like that as adults, but our child can't believe in Santa, what? <laughs> right? And... I'm not going to tell what source um, I was on my uh, social media platform and there was a certain, and I'm not going to say what group it was or anything, but it was a certain Christian denomination talking about this and it popped up and it's been, it's a big pet peeve of mine, um, but they were talking about how like, they were advi- they were basically advising you not to believe in, to allow your kid to believe in Santa Claus. Um and and it was kind of like their their logical sense. It, it wasn't logical. Like it wasn't. It just wasn't. And they can argue with me. And I kind of they kind of went back and forth with me today. I didn't really go much back and forth. I just kind of put my comment in there, replied once, and then was done with it. Um, and since then, I've gotten a lot of replies from people telling me how I was wrong and all this and blah blah blah. It, it's just it's ridiculous that it was even posted by these people because. At the end of the day, first of all, it's none of their business. That's the first thing. 
Um, I don't care if you're a Christian source of trying to tell facts and truth and everything. First of all, when it comes to Santa, it, it really doesn't. It's none of their business. It has nothing to talk about religion, truth, or anything like that. When it comes from Santa Claus and kids believing Santa Claus, that's between the the family and them. So they really had no business in making that post today, but they did, and you know they have every right to make that post, and I have a right to tell them they had no business to making that post. Um, but I, I feel like it's important to talk about as Christians because, you know, again, I go 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 back to it's just not our business. And kids have fantasies, okay? So if you don't let your kid believe in Santa Claus, I promise you they believe in something that's not real in this world, um, whether it's Santa Claus or not. Um, it, there, there's things that just kids believe in. I work with kids, okay? Just because somebody has kids does not mean they know everything about kids. I work with kids. It's my profession, okay? I can promise you there's some weird things kids believe in, okay? But I go tell them tell them that it's not real? No, I don't. It's not my business, okay? When you're a 6- or 7-year-old or 8-year-old child, you know, you, you're supposed to have fantasies. You're supposed to have a wild imagination. I did. And that is healthy. That is normal. That is something blessed by God that give, gave us is is when a kid has an imagination, a great imagination, that's something blessed and should be acknowledged uh, from God because God created that imagination in them, okay? And it's again, it's not real. We know that, but it's not going to affect them, right? Um, you know, and, 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 and but if there are things that does affect them as a child, I mean, that's, that's something you do need to disclose with your child. But most things that kids that believe there are fantasies, it does not affect them later in life, right? It, you know, it, it just doesn't. You know, I had a coworker one time uh, almost tell the kids who believed in Santa Claus at work that Santa Claus wasn't real. And I had to pull them to the side. I was like, look, despite what your personal opinion is, uh, you, you can't say that to them, okay? Um, you know, that's just not right. That's not your place, right? It's not my place either, right? I can't tell them, like, you know, I, 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 I play along with it. I say, yeah, Santa's real, like all this and that, that because they're kids, right? There's no harm to that. Um, and, and it's the same thing, like, you know, I can't tell kids, like, you know, like, you know, what religion they should believe in and all that, because that's not my business, that's between them and their family. And if a kid is told by their parents that Santa isn't real, I always tell those kids, hey, just make sure you keep that to yourself, because there are some people who believe, and it's not our, it's not our place to tell them whether they're right or wrong, uh, when they're kids. So, when it comes to stuff like Santa Claus, okay? So, that's all I really have to say about the whole Santa argument. Um, again, you, you can you can make your decision for yourself, for your family, and I respect that. And I encourage that, but just don't be one of those people that get mad or upset or disappointed that they allow their kids to believe in Santa Claus or they don't allow their kids to believe in Santa Claus. It's really not our business. We got to let that aside, and um, because that's a really small thing, it really is. It, it, it's it's way blowing out. Of portion in this world and i can guarantee you i, I think god laughs at us sometimes with the, these conversations we have like we're why are we even talking about this like this is like you know they're a kid they're they're a kid like come on and again and i, I don't mean to be disrespectful or anything but just because you're a parent does not make you knowledgeable about all kids okay i worked with every age group i've been doing it for almost 10 years uh it's my passion it's my life i've worked with elementary to ta- uh, from toddler to elementary, from elementary to middle school, from middle school to high school. I worked with all kids of all different ages, and I can promise you, them believing Santa Claus does no harm. It doesn't, um, and that and that's a fact. Okay, so just just know that again, make your decisions for your family, but respect what other families do for their families. All right. 
that's it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this Christmas episode. If you guys ever, um, if you guys have not yet, go follow me on Instagram, Soldiers of Christ Podcast. Go follow me on Instagram. Hit me up, DM me, prayer requests or ideas or whatever. Just saying hi. Uh, you can also email me at Soldiers of Christ Podcast at gmail.com for any questions, prayers. Same thing like on my social medias. But please go follow my social media, Instagram, Soldier of Christ Podcast, also on Facebook. Um, other than that, we'll uh, I will hopefully have another episode coming out this next coming week uh, as we're getting ready for the new year, as we're getting ready to enter the year of 2023. Let's go. I can't believe 2022 is already over, y'all. Well, I mean, it's almost over. Um, also, it's my birthday this coming Tuesday. I will be turning 27, so please keep me in your prayers and that I get 27 even more than 27 more years of life because I feel like, uh, you know, I don't know when I'm going to leave this earth. I don't know when God's going to call me. That's my time. But I hope that it's not anytime soon because I feel like there's a lot more that he has in store for me um, in this world. And so I want to I want to live and pursue that. So give me your prayers, guys. I'll continue to pray for you. Again, Merry Christmas to you and your family. I hope you guys have a blessed day. God bless. And never forget, God loves you.